0: We'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for June 24th, 2018. Uh, next part is listener comment entitled, A Demon Nearly Killed Me. This is from a listener. I just got this on the 8th of this month. And um, it starts out by saying, Dear Mr. Johnson, I trust that you are well. I've been a long-time listener of yours, I've, and you've graciously helped me every time I've asked for assistance. I don't mind if you use my first name I really don't because I asked him if it was okay if I you know if I reposted this number one and then he says I've been telling anyone who cares to listen to my area that I'm making plans to make a video listening to your testimonies before my experience occurred really gave me the strength to finally tell you these people who think we are crazy are in for a sad shock stay strong in Jesus Christ service and his name is Siswe." S-I-Z-W-E. And then he posts this verse, Job 19.25. For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand up at the latter day upon the earth. Awesome verse. And so here's his actual testimony. He says, "Um, I have been putting this off for a while, but after listening to your latest alien study, I was pressured, pressed upon by the Lord to tell you about what happened to me. It was almost three years ago, January 15th, January 2, 2015, that I got the shock of my life. I was physically attacked by a very powerful devil. Before I tell you more, let me tell you the whole story. Earlier that day, I had visited a certain guy who worshiped ancestors. I believe this took place in South Africa. Okay. He worshiped ancestors, meaning devils, familiar spirits, that type of stuff, with a goal of telling him about the Lord. So he was actually going there to actually witness to him, but he visited this guy. We talked, and his brother told me about a potion. I'm pretty sure he said portion, but I mean, I think he meant potion he had got from a cousin of his who was a necromancer, meaning those that talk to the dead, even though they're not really talking to the dead. They're talking to devils and demons of familiar spirits. Uh, he, he was a necromancer from Natal, a South African province. He told me how sweet that potion tasted, and then he stayed, and then he started to coerce me to take some. Now this is where the snowball started to roll and gain momentum. Guess what? To my shame, I tasted that concoction and took a bit, a bit, a pinch of the Muthi, which is a herb mixture, and put it in my shirt. In my heart, I wanted to brush him aside by making him happy by doing what he said in order to get him off my back. I left his house and got the conviction of what I had done was wrong, but I didn't pay much attention at the time. I got to bed without praying, and the devil started to work on me. About 1 o'clock in the morning, I looked at my cell phone. I was woken up from sleep, more like I was jerked out of it, and lo, at the edge of my feet stood a shadow. I could clearly distinguish it from the darkness that was in the room. This is the exact same thing that happened to me. Well, I didn't do the, the potion stuff, but I had that same experience where shadow angel of death was at the foot of my bed. And I'll give you the link to that teaching later. So I I know what he's talking about here. Um, This is not a joke. Um, For those that think I am joking. God is my witness and I know that this happened. This shadow was darker than the darkness in my room. Uh, Did I mention that there was a full moon as well? Which really amplifies things. Before I could think long about that figure, I was paralyzed from head to toe. I couldn't speak, blink, move at that instance. I was—I know exactly how I felt. I was in the same shoes. I knew that I was being attacked, and that the unclean spirit was there to collect my soul. I felt helpless. Within seconds of the paralysis, the devil floated towards me and got up to thirty centimeters from my face. And that's kind of what happened to me too. When I when I looked, it wasn't the shadow, but it was this little skeleton figure with swords and. Garbage in his hands that was coming toward me. We had armor on, and again, I, I give you, I'll give you a link to that testimony. I did. I don't want to go too far into that because I've said it so many times. But anyway, um, <clears throat> before I could think about, it, I was paralyzed from head to toe. I couldn't speak, blink, move at that instance. I knew that I was being attacked and that the unclean spirit was there to collect my soul. I felt helpless. Within seconds of the paralysis, <clears throat> the devil floated towards me and got up to thirty centimeters within my face and pulled out a black, bony hand, because it's the Angel of Death. Okay, the Angel of Death is Azrael. Azrael will come to you as a shadow, but he's also comes to you as the Grim Reaper figure, and he'll, ha- he'll be a black cloak, f- cloak figure with a skeleton underneath. Okay, that's Azrael. Okay, that's what, that's what the Mexicans and the people a lot in, in Central America worship as um, the Santa Morarte Death Cult, the Angel of Death, they worship it. Okay. It's one of the reasons why Mexico and Central America is so incredibly wicked, because it's one of their main deities that they worship. They combine it with Catholicism. I give you the links to those teachings. I've done as well. Okay, back to this thing. So the devil floated toward me. Uh, he pulled out a black bony his black bony right hand, put it through my sternum. Now this part didn't happen to me, thank God. And literally grabbed my soul. And was pulling it out of my body. Its face looked like the skeleton figures you see on the bonesmen and the Satanists embracing their cults. I felt the grip and it it was sure and cold. The grip on its soul. No man can escape from those hands without the Lord Jesus Christ's help. There is no way. These guys who think that they will be reincarnated are in for a huge surprise. I really felt like I was dying, and I was. I knew that if I had died, I was going straight to hell because I had not repented of the evil that I had done earlier, though the Holy Spirit convicted me of it at the time. Basically, I had rejected Jesus and went after other gods. While I was being slowly pulled out of my body, Turned my head back and saw my physical body lying on the bed. That's not good. When I looked in the direction where the black demon was, there was nothing but darkness there. I knew that, that when I die, I had been cast. I knew that the die had been cast and that my life had come to an end. But Psalm 60, 69, 14 crossed my mind. I was given a second chance by the Lord Jesus Christ. Woo, praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Psalm 69 14. I'm just going to, in fact, I'm going to give you Psalm 69 14 through 18, which is, he just said Psalm 69 14, but when I read the verses after that, I'm saying, well, all of these are applicable. Uh, It says, Deliver me out of the mire, let me not sink. Let me be delivered from them that hate me and out of deep waters. Let not the water flood overflow me. Neither let the deep swallow me up, and let not the pit shut her mouth upon me. Hear me, O Lord, for thy loving kindness is good. Turn unto me according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, and hide not thy face from thy servant, for I am in trouble. Hear me speedily. Draw nigh unto my soul and redeem it. Deliver me because of mine enemies. Now back to the back to his testimony. I cried out, one name given among men. For which we must be saved, Acts 4.12, Jesus, which is exactly what I did. And in my inner self, because I couldn't speak due to the paralysis, and the Lord heard me and stopped the attack. I was screaming that Jesus should deliver me from the mire I was sinking in. And he and He had mercy on me, praise the Lord. And the least I can do is to love him, because he first loved me, <laughs> praise the Lord. 1 John 4.19. <laughs> For the rest of my life and expose these demonic organizations and fake churches. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Man, that is awesome. From all that experience, God taught me the following things. Number one, all Muthi or potions, amulets, etc., have a devil or devils attached to them. This is why I'm always emphasizing about bringing cursed objects into your house. You know? They all have devils or demons attached to them. And what I was um, saying before about Pete in Tasmania, these witches and warlocks are constantly trying to send him stuff in the mail, put stuff on his car, leave stuff on his doorstep that are cursed. They send him feathers and all kind of weird writing on stuff and, and put stuff on his windshield and just all these things that are, that are cursed. You need to burn all that stuff. You need to get it off your property, burn it. Okay? I mean, you do not want to just throw it in the trash. You want to burn it. Okay, plead the blood of Jesus Christ over it, you know, in the name of Jesus Christ, you know, pray that it has no effect on you. Preferably, maybe even pick it up with gloves, you know, and um, not touch it because you never know. They might put poison or whatever. I just think the less contact you have with it, the better, and burn it. And, um... Anyway, um, cursed objects really can affect you. Two, never forsake the Lord for the sake of pleasing others. Three, he reminded me that hell is one way is one sin away and more real than I thought. Now, granted, it's not like okay, I think this would depend on the severity as well of the sin. I understand that all sin is bad; it's all sin is wicked, but when you're dealing with a cult witchcraft of this high level, okay, you're and, and you're dealing with something like what he's talking about, yeah, you gotta really, really be careful. Now, I'm not I'm just gonna play a couple of these. And these aren't these aren't like graphic hell testimonies, but they're warnings to Christians about this exact concept. Okay. So they're 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 the conceptual warnings to Christians about this. So I'm just gonna play this one. Um And it says basically, stop having sex if you're not married. It's not worth worth it. And then they give a whole bunch of Bible verses about sex before marriage in the KJV. Here's my testimony.
1: Hey, YouTube. It's me, Lana. Um, I wanted to talk to you guys today. Um, I really wanted to touch on really being a true follower of christ uh when i when i gave my life back to christ i was looking towards the the christians looking at the behavior that they uh they showed um uh, i was looking at the activities that they indulged in what they did and um
0: now she's talking about christians that she was around in your normal church
1: you know, it wasn't until last year I finally realized that there are many who profess to be Christian, and um, they're missing Christ by a long, a long shot. And it's unfortunate because I was one of those individuals. Uh, when I gave my life to Christ uh, three, four years ago, um, I was professing Christ from my lips. But my heart was far from him. And keep in mind, uh, just because I I gave my life to Christ. But when I left that church, <laughs> I'm thinking, okay, I'm saved. And I, I'm listening to that, that little motto I hear a lot of people say, once saved, always saved. Do not, do not for one second believe that deception, okay?
0: Yeah. And th- this is basically like you know, I say some little prayer and then I can go off and live like the devil. You know, it's like you're mocking Christ, essentially.
1: Christ never revokes his gift of salvation. But do we abuse it and throw it away? Absolutely. And so when I... Yes, in other
0: words, let's say you, you say that prayer and then you walk away and you live like the devil. Okay, you're making a mockery of the whole thing of salvation, essentially.
1: My life back to Christ. I went back out there and I was like, okay, well, it's done. I'm saved. Um, Christ is going to forgive me for everything that I do wrong. Um, it's already been won. Uh, once saved, always saved. That's what I was thinking to myself. So I'm out there, I'm partying, I'm drinking every other weekend, uh, fornicating. Uh, If one relationship doesn't work out, I'm in a new one, fornicating again. Um, Man, pretty much you name it, I probably did it. And it's unfortunate because there are so many of us out there who believe I'm a good person. All I want to do is have fun. But you got to understand, the word tells us to be in this world, but do not be of it. And you have to eventually ask yourself, you have to ask yourself, Am I, how can I love Christ but still do all the things that, the, that everyone else in the world does? What makes me different from the people who are not saved if I'm still indulging and, and participating in the activities and the clubs and, and all the sin that they, you know, that they indulge in? What sets me apart? That answer is absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Christ came and he preached repentance. Understand that when you repent, it means to beg, to ask for forgiveness. It means to turn away from your sin and to try your best not to do it again. It does not mean indulge in premeditated sin meaning when i say premeditated i mean you know you're going to go do something and you figure you ask for forgiveness later after the deed is done that's not how it works ladies and gentlemen
0: and that's the same concept of what the catholics have done for centuries with the indulgences where it literally i mean and they probably do this today at the highest levels, where you could literally go to the priest and say, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna molest this child. I'm serious about this. And what indulgence do I have to pay in order for that sin to be um, covered, for that sin to be?" And they would say, "Oh well, you know, thirty Hail Marys and pay, pay us, you know, two thousand whatever." And, and, then, and that, that's literally how the Catholic Church operates and has operated for a, you know, probably ever since its existence.
1: And so I just want you guys to know that Christ came at me one day. And when I say he came at me, he laid it on my spirit. And this is what was, was laid into my spirit. Lana, Lana, you will burn in hell for your fornication. And, of course, me, I'm like, what? I'm looking around like, Lord, anything but that. You know, I'm a good person. I show up to church every Sunday, you know, after the the club on Saturday. I may be a little hungover, but I'm there. I'm listening. I may not live, live up to it when I leave this church, but I'm listening to your words. So with this being said, I really had to take a take a step back and really like hear what he said, Lana. You will burn in hell for your fornication. Now understand. There are many of us out there fornicating and thinking that this one little thing will be overlooked when when our God comes back. He's not going to send me to the hellfire. He's a He's a loving God. Yes, yes, everyone. God loves us. Jesus loves us, which is why they gave us these commandments to protect us. Not to make our lives miserable, but to protect us. In the Bible, Jesus says, those who love me are those who keep my commandments. I went through the Bible, and I looked up the commandments, and I realized I was breaking every last one of the commandments except for killing people. And I was thinking to myself, why haven't been loving Christ? at all, professing him from my mouth, professing him from my lips, but my heart was far from him, I missed him by a long shot, and so the the person that I was indulging in fornication with at the time, I pretty much asked the Lord, I said, well, Lord, if this man that I'm sleeping with is not my husband, and you do not have him, it is not uh, in your will for me to be with him. I pray when I go to this man and tell him that I want to be celibate so that I may live a life pleasing to the Lord. When I tell this man that I want to be celibate, give me an answer that is so bold that when I tell this man, his answer will slap me in the face. Like I'll know, I'll know what you're I'll know your answer by his response. So I went to this man and I said, uh, I said I want to be celibate. I don't want to have sex anymore until we are married. And do you know what he said to me? Something that I, I would have never thought this man would have said to me in a million years. He said, Lana, lose my number and I will lose yours. slap in the face. God delivered. He gave me an answer that slapped me in the face to where I couldn't deny.
0: Now, this isn't the best recording, but he said the guy told him, told her, lose my number and I'll lose yours. That was the slap in the face to her. Just just in case you didn't hear that.
1: That I had received <clears throat> my answer. So, understand people, there are many of us walking around here thinking we are living lives pleasing to God, and it is the ultimate, the ultimate deception that God is going to overlook what you consider to be your small sins. That is not the case, guys. We got to wake up. We got to read His Word. Get into His Word and hear what He says. He is a just God. He loves you, but He is a just God. Many of us will perish because of fornication. You have to ask yourself, am I willing to give this up? Is this bigger than my God? Many of us as young women, as young women, we're laying down, giving our bodies to a man that will hurt us tomorrow and disappointing our God who will never, ever hurt us. Many men are being told that it's, it's tradition to sell your wild oats before marriage. Do not listen to traditions of men. They will kill you. Traditions will kill you.
0: Yeah. Amen. The Bible says the traditions of men have made the word of God of none effect.
1: Listen to what your Lord and Savior has said. Listen to your God. The God of Abraham, the God of Jacob, and the God of Isaac. Because his foolishness, God's foolishness, is wiser than man's wisdom. All right, guys, till next time. Take care. Be blessed. Repent of all your sins if you do not know Jesus Christ. If you do not have him as your Lord and your personal Savior, I beg you today, cry out to him. Fall down to your knees. Cry out to him, give him a chance. Stay rapture ready, guys. Stay in that kingdom mind frame.
0: I just love her. <laughs> She's so real. Ooh <clears throat> that's awesome. Praise the Lord. And here's another thing with the with the whole deliverance thing that I think ties into this. That there's a lot of things that when I'm really realizing is that if there's something you can't overcome, okay? Let's say you got saved and you, no matter what you're doing, you're not able to, to overcome some sin pattern, okay? Now, God knows the beginning from the end. He knows all the things you've been through, and, and I think that, that he deals with different Christians different ways. You know what I mean? There, There's like, like for me, for example, I had this horrible secular upbringing and just was exposed to a lot of stuff i should not have been exposed to my dad was you know yeah kind of a psychopath and i mean i didn't have any christian upbringing at all somebody like me may get from god an extra amount of grace in certain areas because of all the things i've dealt with and the only thing i've ever known was that particular lifestyle Whereas somebody that maybe didn't have that upbringing and did grow up in a Christian, there, they're I mean, to mo- who much is given, much is required. And I'm not saying God doesn't want to get us all up to speed. And I'm not saying that gives me a license to sin where it doesn't get some. I'm just saying that I think he deals with everybody a little bit differently, brings them along possibly maybe a little different speed than the next person being a Christian. Now, the whole thing about deliverance is getting set free from this type of garbage. That's what deliverance is really about it's it's the last frontier like i think of that thing that i had read of a christian getting set free now at the end of this pdf i'm going to give you a whole bunch of resources that you can explore on your own about deliverance okay it's all for free and i'll go over that more at the end okay just some things about deliverance that you might want to know about and stuff but i think that was a pretty time Okay, so picking up where we left off, um, I give you a link here to my teachings on salvation. Just if, you know, if you're not saved, that type of thing, I give you a link to that. Okay, and then, okay, so let's go back to, these are the experiences uh, that God taught my listener, Siswi, when, after he had the angel of death, try to kill him. Uh, okay, so we got through the third one. The fourth one says, demons can kill a person if he opens the door. Okay, that's what God was showing him about this thing. Um, five, that I must always fear God. Six, that he will never leave me or forsake me, provided that I abide in him and that he may abide in me, according to John fifteen four through 7 and seven, lastly, the Lord reminded me that be sure your sin will find you out. Numbers 32, 23. Tell your listeners to back off from any occult objects, for the Lord is not pleased with that. They will die in their sins if they do what I did. I live to tell the tale. They might not. Don't give up, Mr. Johnson, you and your daughter, Taylor. Um, may the Lord of hosts bless you in your ministry. Your brother in Jesus Christ, our Lord, says we from South Africa. And then I told him, I said, yes, a very similar thing happened to me. But I didn't get as far as your encounter did. <laughs> I mean, thank God. Um, and it's my testimony in Supernatural Experiences Part 1 and 2. I give you a link there. And then I said to him the angel of death that you were dealing with was also referred to as Azrael. They worship the angel of death in Mexico in the Santa Muerte death cult. And here's my teachings I've done on that. So it's called Witchcraft in Mexico. Uh, Sanat Muarte, Death Cult, Catholic Skull Worship, and the Catholic Inquisitions, Part 1, 2, and 3. So, um, we have that. Okay, let's go further here. This is a listener comment from a good friend of mine in um, the Denver area. And it's a listener comment about a man who was healed from liver, liver fa- failure then dropped dead after he refused to give Jesus Christ credit for doing so. And this is from my my uh, my listener and friend John. And he said, God did use me once to heal a man from liver failure. He told me to go to the hospital, so I went. I laid hands on him and nothing happened. Then I left and I got a phone call from another brother who stayed back after I had left. And the nurses had to keep him from running up and down the halls. It was amazing. And the testimony it brought to the word of God was amazing. In other words, he got healed of of liver failure. The man that John laid hands on and prayed for. He said, but I told him in that room, the Lord will heal you, but he has a requirement for you that you are to say that Jesus Christ healed you. Okay. So, I mean, fair enough, you know, okay, you get healed from, from the lord you gotta give him the credit and due to the fact that he was an aa guy meaning alcoholics anonymous which would make sense that he had liver failure because he was probably he probably drank himself into liver failure okay Uh, and he went to meetings the next week i went to this meeting and i saw him and lo and behold when it came time for him to speak now this is the first time he was back at the aa meeting after he got healed from liver failure by by the lord um he gave he, he says, Behold, when it came time for him to speak at the AA meeting, he gave credit to everyone else but Jesus. Then, immediately after he stopped talking, he fell face first off his chair on his face and died in front of everybody. The ambulance came and took him away and declared the meeting. And I declared to the meeting, it is because of his disobedience to the Lord brings death. This is how jealous God is for the testimony of his son. It was Jesus himself on the spot, bringing glory and fear to his name. That AA group never talked bad about Jesus again. And then I asked him, I said, that testimony is unreal. Did you actually see him die? And he said, yes, he died right in the meeting, turned blue and purple after he fell off his chair. No one could get his heart working again and died right there in front of all of our faces. It was at an AA meeting. It was it was amazing. The ambulance came, carried him away out of the meeting and never to be seen again. The next day I went and the group said he had passed away. Before they would make fun of Christ and talk trash about him. I mean, Really? <laughs> But all sin stopped its mouth after that happened. The Lord can do great things. It centers around Him being jealous for His Son. He is truly a defender. So that's pretty sobering. Um. And this is the the last. um, There's something else I'm going to play here, but this is. um, I'm going to probably end this part because this last part may take a little longer to get through. But um, I got this from an African preacher in Africa, he's on my, on my email list, Eric, and I couldn't believe this when I got this, and you're going to have to see the PDF to actually look at the picture, but it's an African pastor, Buzz Buzzagoa, has come out, and this is directly from Africa, okay, he's come out with some horrible claims that God spoke to him and said that he, this pastor, is too holy to walk on the floor of his own church. So he's, I'm not lying to you. It shows this pastor walking on the backs of his congregation. As he's walking, I guess he's walking out of his church. They're literally, like, you know how you'd have the entrance of the church? They're literally laid down. Lengthwise, he's walking on their backs to leave the church. It looks like, cause he's, cause God told him he's too holy to walk even in his own church. And he's got all these, <laughs> this congregation laying down. He's walking on their backs, and he's got like, it looks like he's got like security around him, like steadying his arm, because you know when you walk on someone's back, it's unstable. And there's a picture of him walking on their backs and he's got a bible in one hand as he's walking on their backs. I mean, I don't know. I've never seen anything like it in my life. And then it says he says he says it reminds me of that old song, "Oh Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way." <laughs> Check the picture. Of this man walking over the people, so you might want to check that out. It'll be on. The, it'll be in the PDF for uh, June twenty fourth, two thousand eighteen. Um, and I'm gonna go ahead and end, um, the the part two here, and then I'm gonna play one last part on um, uh, satanic dances hidden in everyday routines that I think you'll find kind of eye opening because I had no idea it was this this bad. And uh, we'll go from there.